Magandang uh, hapon po sa inyong lahat. Welcome to our online worship service. At the same time, our live worship here at Shekina Hall. Welcome to everyone. I hope that you're happy that you're here. Are you happy that you're here with us today? Praise the Lord. And uh, we're also happy to be here. So we will worship the Lord today. And for those of you who are at home, um, thank you for joining us. We hope that you will join us here in the coming weeks, or in, in fact, probably next week, you should be able to join us. So please uh, do join us, and we're still encouraging you to join us every Sunday because we're having a worship, a live worship here in Shekinah Hall. And uh, let's perhaps have our announcement first before we proceed to the Word of God. Uh, quickly, we're inviting everyone to come, so register uh, via our Eventbrite link. Um, every Sunday, so you could choose to come on a Saturday, that's 5.30 p.m. on a Saturday, or Sunday, 9 a.m. or 12 noon, and you could register as many as eight people in one go. So please do come and join us here. Um, another is that uh, please uh, use either Trace Together app or a trace together token whenever you want to enter the Shekinah Hall. Because starting, as you know, starting the 1st of January, we do not allow people to enter our premises without them having these two uh, methods. One is via the trace together app, which you should be able to download on your phones or to get a token. So if, you're, if your place has no token yet being distributed, you could opt for downloading the app. But uh, we also have, by the way, a temporary guest Wi-Fi, so you could uh, download it. Uh, but starting Feb, we will suspend that and because we expect that by Feb, everybody has a token. Please pardon us and forgive us if we will not be able to admit you if you don't have these two because that's a requirement. Um, the church will be fine, and just in case somebody comes here and you don't have that, it might spell the difference between you staying here and going home permanently. So please do cooperate with us on that. Uh, we're also uh, inviting you to join us. It's not yet too late for you to join us in our uh, Bible reading. We have our daily Bible reading, and you could get a soft copy, I'm mean, sorry, a hard copy of this or a soft copy by downloading it using the uh, uh, URL that we have provided here, or you could just scan the QR code. You could also use the U version. Uh, just download the U version app on your phones and read us. Use the M Cheney's Bible reading plan. Or if you want to have an audio devotional, you can go to the uh, TGC, the Gospel Coalition's link, and you could listen to the audio devotional. Also, uh, uh, the basis of that would also be the the readings that we have, and. Last announcement that we have is please join our WhatsApp broadcast channel. The number is 8801-7864. Add this on your WhatsApp. Uh, the reason being is that we will send important announcements from the church through this channel. What's good about this is that your data is protected because if you join this broadcast channel, other people won't be able to see your number. So once you've added this, 8801-7864, um, you type there, done, so that we know that you're receiving it. But once you are part of this uh, TLWFSG WhatsApp broadcast channel, uh, your data is secured. 
people won't see your numbers. No one will stalk you and find your number. Crush pala ni ganito, they will find your number and then put it there. So that won't be, that won't happen. So in a way, your data is protected with us. So those are our announcement for today. So please do add us on that number. So with, the, with those things, um, I hope that you're excited to hear the word of God today. But by the way, before I go then, they, we have first-time guests. I'll just to recognize them. Um, wherever you are here, probably you're here in Chikaina or the adjoining rooms. Can I just recognize Sister Jing Torres? Is she here? Uh, Sister Jing, welcome. And uh, Sister Judy Velasco. Is she here? Or from perhaps... Oh yes, welcome. Welcome, uh, Sister Jing and Sister Judy. Thank you for coming us, uh, and joining us today in our worship service. Uh, we welcome them. So with those things, I hope you're excited to hear the word of God today. And uh, we pray that the Lord will speak to us as we listen and as we hear his word. So with that, may I request the congregation to please stand. We will be reading from the 8th chapter of the book of Zechariah. Uh, Zechariah chapter 8, verses 1 to 23. And I'll be reading from the... ESV. Let's read. And you could read silently with me. If you are at home, please read with me. Zechariah chapter 8, verses 1 to 23. And the word of the Lord of hosts came, saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, I am jealous for Zion with great jealousy, and I am jealous for her with great wrath. Thus says the Lord, I have returned to Zion and will dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and Jerusalem shall be called the faithful city, and the mountain of the Lord of hosts, the holy mountain. Thus says the Lord of hosts, old men and old women shall again sit in the streets of Jerusalem, each with staff in hand because of great age. And the streets of the city shall be full of boys and girls playing in its streets. Thus says the Lord of hosts, if it is marvelous in the sight of the remnant of the those his people in those days should it also be marvelous in my sight, declares the Lord of hosts. Thus says the Lord of hosts, Behold, I will save my people from the east country and from the west country, and I will bring them to dwell in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God in faithfulness and in righteousness. Thus says the Lord of hosts, let your hands be strong, you who in these days have been hearing these words from the mouth of the prophets who were present on the day that the foundation of the house of the Lord of hosts was laid, that the temple might be built. For before those days there was no wage for a man or any wage for a beast, neither was there any safety from the foe for him who went out or came in, for I set every man against his neighbor." But now, I will not deal with the remnant of these people as in the former days, declares the Lord of hosts. For there shall be a sowing of peace. The vine shall give its fruit, and the ground shall give its produce, and the heavens shall give their dew. And I will cause the remnant of these people to possess all these things. And as you have been a byword of cursing among the nations, O house of Judah, and house of Israel, so I will save you, and you shall be a blessing. Fear not, but let your hands be strong. 
For thus says the Lord of hosts, as I purpose to bring disaster to you when your fathers provoke me to wrath, and I did not relent, says the Lord of hosts, so again have I purpose in these days to bring good to Jerusalem and to the house of Judah. Fear not. These are the things that you shall do. Speak the truth to one another. Render in your gates judgment that are true and make for peace. Do not devise evil in your hearts against one another and love no false oath for all these things I hate, declares the Lord. And the word of the Lord of hosts came to me saying, Thus says the Lord of hosts, the fast of the fourth month, the fast of the fifth and the fast of the seventh, and the fast of the tenth shall be to the house of Judah, seasons of joy and gladness and cheerful feast. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. Thus says the Lord of hosts, people shall yet come, even the inhabitants of many cities. The inhabitants of one city shall go to another, saying, let us go at once to entreat the favor of the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. I myself am going. Many people and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to entreat the favor of the Lord. Thus says the Lord of hosts, in those days, ten men from nations of every tongue shall take hold of the robe of a Jew, saying, Let us go with you, for we have heard that God is with you. May the Lord be worshipped at the reading of his word. Let us come to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you that you are with us. Lord, open our hearts so that we may be receptive to your word. Speak to, you, speak to us, O Lord. Speak to your people. Lord, that we may understand your will and that we may understand your precepts, that we may apply it in our lives. Be with us today, O Lord. Hide your servant behind you so that your will, your purposes will happen to them now and forever. All this we ask in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen and amen. Let us all be seated. I have uh, entitled this discussion of ours, Made Alive, Made Whole. You know, in the history of mankind, there were many destructions that came upon our lives. World War II happened like 50, 60, 70 years ago. And uh, there are so many destructions that have happened. Let me just show you pictures of this. Um, this is how destruction um, came upon our lives in, the his in our history as human beings. This is the picture of the bombing of Hiroshima in Nagasaki in 1945. This is another picture of that. As you can see, it was flattened. It was dis utterly destroyed. And uh, you could probably recognize this. It's the... Uh, Manila Post Office. This is the destruction of Manila in 1945, and this is the post office building, and there's an Escolta is somewhere there. And I don't know if you recognize this. Do you recognize this picture? This is the Manila City Hall, bombed um, uh, after World War II in 1945. But the most recent that I'll show you would be this. This is the city of Palmyra destroyed by the ISIL or the ISIS in 2015. And what's sad about this is that with it, cultural heritage, history, valuable artifacts that were there could no longer be recovered and forever destroyed thanks to ISIS. 
This is the same destruction. You can see the picture there. That is actually the picture before it was bombed by the ISIL and the ISIS. And now, nothing was left except these rubbles. I've shown this picture to you because perhaps it's the same destruction that was faced by the Israelites when they returned from their exile. Imagine coming to your own place after 70 years of exile, and this is what you've got. Your place, your identity, your cultural and spiritual identity destroyed. How you're going to rebuild it. And just to give you, again, a brief background on the story of the Israelites, you know that they, were, uh, they went into exile when they were conquered by the Babylonians. They were there, forced into exile for 70 years, and after 70 years, the Babylonians were defeated by the Persians. The Persians allowed them to return to their native city, Jerusalem. But, of course, they, when they went there, it was an utter devastation that they've witnessed. And so through the prophets of God, God commanded them to build the temple. But of course, they thought that the temple would be a two, three, four-year project for them. According to Bible scholars, at least the one that I've consulted, the Encyclopedia Britannica, it took them 46 years to build the temple itself. 46 years. Some says it's 20, but... The, the historical uh, Encyclopedia Britannica says it's 46. So let's take it 46 years. But even 20 years is a very long time for, uh, for you to build a monument or a temple. During those many years of trying to build the temple, the people of Israel, the people of Judah, were disillusioned, discouraged, and they faced a lot of opposition. So, so the prophets of God were sent by God so that the people will be encouraged. Because imagine building a temple for 46 years. Could you just imagine the, the disillusionment, the discouragement, and the opposition that perhaps they might feel during that time? It's difficult. I don't know whether you have made an, or embarked in a construction project, perhaps your home, and it took you 46 years. I don't know if you would have the courage to build that. After 46 years, it's not yet finished. What would you do? And so, chapter 8 of the book of Zechariah presupposes the background of that is the completion of the temple. And that is why when you read the book of Zechariah, it's full of imagery of prosperity, security, and abundance. This is something that we always want to read. Because when you read it, it's full of uh, imagery of the blessing of God. Because the restoration of the temple of God is a testament of God's promise to them. A promise of God that His people will be restored, restored His people will be revived, His temple, His city will be rebuilt, and they will be restored as people of God. So with this, there's a promise of life to them. With the rebuilding of the temple, they will be made alive and they will be made whole. But let me say this. When we read the entire chapter, uh, the entire chapter 8 of the book of Zechariah, we can see that even before there's a blessing that's given to them, we could see that there's a reversal. And that is one of the prevailing themes 
of chapter 8. While you can see there, there's a lot of blessing, there's a reversal. In the act of God making them alive, in the act of God making them whole, in the process of their revival, rebuilding, and restoration, there was a reversal. And this reversal that happened in chapter 8 foreshadows the Messiah's redemptive work. I say there's a reversal because we've just read in verse 1, from anger or jealousy to affection of God, from exile to return, from unfaithfulness to faithfulness of the people. There's a reversal. There's a saying that goes, don't live your life with regrets. Do you agree with that statement? I don't. I don't. There are many things in my life that I wish I could reverse. Don't you agree with me? I mean, some of you said that you should not live your life with regrets, so you don't agree with me. But for me, I wish there would be reversals. The only thing that we could do is to accept the fact that we, will, we might perhaps regret those things for the rest of our lives. Now, not for us to lament over it or just to feel sad about it, but that's to accept the reality that we have done something that we could no longer reverse. But here in chapter 8, there's a reversal. And that reversal ushers in the redemptive work of the Messiah. And let me just uh, offer to you the four segments, I suggest to you the four segments of the reversal that had happened here. In the entire chapter 8, we could see dispersion, deprivation, despair, and denial. Now, these four segments that I'm suggesting to you now um, render a meaning because dispersion, deprivation, despair, and denial are signs of brokenness, death, or even decay. As I've mentioned, these things will be reversed by God. And so the dispersion will bring about relocation. The deprivation will turn into a resource. Our despair will be turned by God into rejoicing, and our denial will turn into recognition. This is how God reversed everything in chapter 8 with the building of the temple. And I hope with our quick time together, we'll be able to see that panning out in the entire chapter 8. So let me start with the first one, dispersion. This is... Uh, quite interesting because in Zechariah, uh, we could see there that with the building of the temple, there's an exile and return to Jerusalem. That's the context of the book of uh, Zechariah, as well as the other books. But there's a unilateral act of faithfulness of God. And the preceding verse before the, that that chapter when God gave his unilateral act is a reversal of God's anger and jealousy. We could read that in verse 1. Have you read that in verse 1 that God is jealous and there's wrath of God in them? But that didn't happen because God said, I will return to Jerusalem. We've read that from 
um, that, those first three verses in, in uh, Zechariah. So here, there's a unilateral act of the faithfulness of God from jealousy, anger, to the faithfulness of God. You know, God's faithfulness is always unilateral. Because I'd like to ask you, who among you here could tell me straight to, your, straight to my face, you've been always and all the time faithful to God? Meron ba rito? Karakol namin. Alam mo yung karakol, yung, you know, idol sasayaw-sayaw? Kasi worthy kayo siguro ng sayaw-sayaw kasi you've been faithful to God. But you know, what's good about the promise of God and the faithfulness of God, it's, it's always unilateral. It does not depend on whether we are faithful or not. And so from the dispersion of the people to relocation. And that relocation is part of the redemptive work of God to the people of Israel. And we could see there how relocation happened. What happens when they were relocated or in fact they were uh, returned to their home place, to their homeland. We could see there in verse, verses 4 to 5 the imagery of old and women getting old and children playing on the streets. When people become old in one place, what does it mean? Tumatanda ka dun sa lugar, ibig sabihin, the place is abundant. Am I right? How can you get old if after some time, nakasakit ka dun sa lugar na yun? And when you see the imagery of children playing on the street, what does it, what does it tell you? The place is safe. I'm so sorry to say this. Sometimes sa ating bansa, hindi mo mapalaro yung anak mo sa labas eh. Kundi makidnap, mahulog sa kanal, or whatever. But here in Singapore, we could, you know, allow our children just go down and they will be safe. So those imagery. So when God relocates His people, He promised them of faithfulness. He promised them of safety and abundance. And there's a gathering of people. When you gather people, it means that place is a place of opportunity. Why are we here? Because in a way, we see that there's opportunity here. People migrate because there's opportunity. Am I right? So the gathering of people, so the relocation, whenever God relocates us, God will bring us, in His unilateral act of faithfulness, God will bring us to His abundance, to His security. Now, before you accuse me of preserving gospel preaching, let me ask you about your own personal testimonies. How many of you here, when you were relocated here by God, you were actually from an exile, from a sinful thing. And then God provided you an opportunity to be here. God relocated you and gave you a sense of security and safety here. How many of you would have that testimony? God is not doing that just because you're good. God is doing that because of His faithfulness. And we could see that in verse 8. And that the reason why God has done that, brought them and relocated them back to their home place and brought them to safety and uh, brought them back to His promises, it's because in verse 8 it says, I will bring them to dwell in the midst of Jerusalem and they shall be my people and I will be their God. That's a covenant. That is a relationship. I will be 
They will be my people and I will be their God. And what is the purpose? Why God relocated them? So that they will be their people and God will be their God in faithfulness and in righteousness. The reason God, why God relocated you perhaps in one place is that for God to be shown as merciful, righteous, and faithful. Napunta kayo sa Singapore para ba sa inyong sarili? Hindi. So that God can show Himself as a faithful and righteous God to you. As a quick testimony, this is the testimony of my wife and testifying on behalf of her. My wife did not grow up as a Christian and when she became a Christian, she was ostracized by her family and she was disowned by her family for being a Christian. God relocated her here and she was able to exercise her faith. And because of that, I came here as well and God led us to security. We were able to exercise our faith. Had it not been that God relocated her here, I won't be here. I won't be able to follow my vocation. And that's a testimony. So when God brings you to a place, it's not for you. It is for God uh, to be manifested as faithful and righteous. And we could see that here. Now, there is something that's, uh, there's a promise that has been a, a prevailing promise here. And it, we can see, you can read it in verse 8. It says here, And I will bring them in the midst of Jerusalem, and they shall be my people, and I will be their God. We have also seen this as a promise of God and mentioned earlier by Jeremiah. In Jeremiah 30, 31, 33, and 34, it says there, I will put my law within them, and I will write it on their hearts. I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Zechariah said this earlier. Jeremiah said it as well. How will that happen? In Jeremiah, it says, For I will forgive their iniquity, and I will remember their sin no more. How will it happen? How can God will make us his people? And we are sinful people. Jeremiah said, I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. How can that happen? Who will make that happen? And that is why I said there's a reversal. Formerly, we're not the people of God. But because of the redemptive work of Christ, this thing will happen. I will forgive their iniquity and I will remember their sin no more. It will happen through the power and through the blood of Jesus Christ. And that's why I say this is a foreshadow, a reversal, a redemptive work of the Messiah. You can only be part of the people of God if you are cleansed by God and you have been made part of His family. And how can that happen? Through the redemptive work of Jesus. Paano kayo naging children of God? John 1.12 For as many as have received Him, He gave them the right to become children of God. You became part of the commonwealth of Israel. And through Christ, God says, I will remember your sins no more. Through Christ. So chapter 8, while you will say it's about abundance, it's about prosperity, it's about Christ. It's about Jesus. And of course, this 
um, promise of God. They shall be my people and I will be their God. Possession. In Ezekiel 37 and uh, verse 23, it said, They shall not defy themselves anymore with their idols, nor with their detestable things, nor with any of their transgressions, but I will deliver them from all their dwelling places. Let me read that once again. I will deliver them from all their dwelling places in which they have sinned. And I will cleanse them. Look at the promise. Ezekiel mentioned it again. And they shall be my people, and I will be their God. How can the cleansing happen? How will that happen? Through the blood of Jesus. And you could see there, I will deliver them from their dwelling places. So in a way, relocation, as, I've mentioned, as I was mentioning here, is not just about a physical space. Return from the dwelling places in which they have sinned. Perhaps God is relocating you not to a physical uh, space, but actually a moment or a period in your life. God delivered you. Relocation is an act of deliverance. Formerly, your life was like this. So God is relocating you from your dwelling place in which you have sinned so that God can clean you to another place. Sometimes relocation is not a physical space to relocate our hearts, to relocate ourselves to a new place, to a new beginning. And when God gives us a new beginning, when God cleanses us, that's part of the redemptive work of Christ, a reversal work of Jesus. What is the purpose? Verse 8, so that God will manifest in us in his righteousness and in faithfulness. So, my dear brothers and sisters, as God made us alive and made us whole, in the process of being revived, rebuilt, and restored, God will reverse our dispersion to relocation. Could be a physical space or even a spiritual space. Because relocation is deliverance. Number two, from deprivation to resource. We could read from Zechariah chapter 8, verses 9 and 13. If we read um, 10, it says that before those days, there was no wage for a man or any wage for beast. Imagine, walang kita. So pag walang kita, no wage, there is deprivation. But there's a reversal here. From those wage, and you know, God would set man against him. So for, from no wage, lack of provision, lack of wage to abundance. We could read from verse 12, from nothingness. And God says in verse 12, for there shall be sowing of peace. The vine shall give its fruit and the ground shall give its produce and the heaven shall give their dew. Now, whenever the Bibles, the Bible say about the vine shall give its fruit, it speaks of abundance. Because, you know, their context is that most of them are planters. Either in a vineyard or a uh, uh, of, of any shrub or whatever. So when, when, when the Bible says the vine shall, make, shall produce, it means abundance. And heaven shall give its due. Meaning it's God, God who will give them continuity and blessing. But before that, ang sabi ng verse 12, for there shall be sowing of peace. 
how can you produce, how can you plant without peace first? Imagine in World War II, imagine nung time na yon, there's no food, there's scarcity of food. Why? Because there's no peace. How can you plant if the land that you're tilling is being bombed left and right? So the sowing of peace. So there's an abundance. So when God relocates you, God will give you the resource so that you could live that relocation. Sige, subukan natin ng at, balikan natin ulit yung ating testimony. When God relocated you to Singapore, can you tell me that God also gave you the resource so that you could live your life here abundantly and with security? Sino sa inyo yung may ganong testimony? Pakitaas nyo nga kamay nyo. At least yung nandito. Ganon ba yung testimony nyo? Wala, walang, ako lang may testimony na ganon. When God relocates you, He will give you the resource. That's the promise. The promise of shalom, peace. And you know, sometimes we use the word shalom as peace. Peace is not just the absence of war. Peace, shalom, in the original language, means completeness, wholeness. So when the Israelites, the Jews, give them the shalom, hindi lang ibig sabihin na, sana wag kang matrobal, hindi lang ibig sabihin nila. When they give you the shalom of God, it means they're praying for your wholeness, completeness, malalim sa kanila yon. That's the promise in verse 13, the shalom. As God relocates you, He will give you the resource. And in fact, the reason why God will give us the resource, as God relocates us, let's put that in the spiritual aspect. When God relocates us, redeemed us from our sinful lives, God will give us the resource to live our Christian lives victoriously. And in fact, hindi lang resource, God sent His Holy Spirit so that we could live as we have been relocated, as we, as we have been redeemed. God gave us the Holy Spirit our ultimate resource so that we could live our lives worthy of His call. When God relocates you, He will give you the resource. If the purpose of your relocation, as I've mentioned earlier, is for you to experience God's faithfulness and righteousness, what is the purpose why God, why God will give you the resource? In verse 16, it says, if God will give you the resource, these are the things that you ought to do. In verse 16, ang sabi ng verse 16, these are the things that you shall do. Speak truth to one another, render in your gates judgment that are true, and make for peace. And of course, do not love false uh, witness in verse 16. Uh, 17, do not devise evil in your hearts, meaning do good, and love no false oath. So the reason why God is giving us the resource after He relocated us is for us to do these things. These are Christ-like things. And how are we going to do this? Who will enable us to do these things? Through the redemptive power of Jesus Christ. The reversal here before, do you speak truthfully to others? Do you render just, are you just and fair with your relationships? Are you at peace with your friends and family? Hindi, di ba? But with the reversal, the redemptive work of Christ, God is telling us, you can do this. I will give you the resource to do this. 
God will change your heart. And that is why a while ago, I've mentioned that sabi ng Bible sa Jeremiah, I will give you a new heart. Because that's a resource as well. Noon ayaw mong makipagbati, pero binago ng Diyos ang puso mo, gusto mo nang makipagbati ngayon. Yung taong nakikita mo palang kumukulo ng dugo mo, ngayon hindi na. Nagsisimmer lang. Pero hindi na kumukulo. Because that is part of the restoration of God. As God relocates you, as God gives you the risk, that's part of the restoration of God. Let me just tell this to you as part of this. As Zechariah 8.16 tells us, in our spiritual lives, sabi dito, you shall speak truth to one another. Let me just put you into another context. What are the lies in your life that you're living that you need to speak truth to it? Anong mga kasinungalingan ang ipinapamuhay niyo ngayon, mga kapatid, na you need to speak truth to that lie in your life? Binubulong sa inyo ng kaaway. Ganito ka, ganito ka. Na you need to speak truth to that and say, no, I'm given a resource by God. God gave me peace. God gave me comfort. God gave me forgiveness. God gave me love. I'm guilty of that. I often listen to what other people will say. Or sometimes, I would listen to the devil saying, Alam mo, ganito yan. O nga, no? Speak truth to the lies in your life. As to judgment, because the Bible says we should be truthful, render judgment in our gates. My question is this. What are those relationships that you have, that you have been unfair or unfaithful? Sometimes ang tinitira natin yung mga asawa na nasa Pilipinas na unfaithful sila. Kayo po ba? Naging faithful din po ba kayo sa inyong mga asawa? Hindi po ba nag-entertain ng mga friends natin from afar? Mga libring load? Have you been faithful? Were there any relationship in your life that you've been unfair? Unfair kayo sa inyong employer, sa inyong boss. Unfair ako sa aking kaibigan. That is part also of what God is asking us to do as God has given us a resource. As God empowers us, as the Holy Spirit empowers us. And lastly, who are those people that God is calling you to be at peace with? Sino makaaway nyo that God is calling you to be at peace with? Make peace. In other words, the resource here is to give you the space. You know why it's important for us to live truthfully, to give just and honest, to have a just and honest living, and to make peace? Because that, those are the ingredient, those are the ingredients of a life that is full of hope and future. And so when Jeremiah said in Jeremiah 29:11, and that's perhaps the context, for I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. How can that happen? How can you have a life that has hope and a future if God will not give you the resource? How can you have this life? If you will not live truthfully, if you will not render judgment, if you will not speak truth to the lies that is in your life, and now Jeremiah 29.11 will have a meaning. There is indeed a hope and a future for us, for those who love Christ, because God will give us the resource.
And how can we have this hope and future in the reversal of things? Through the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. Bakit po kayo nagkaroon ng pag-asa sa buhay? Dahil magaling kayo o dahil may Jesus na dumating sa inyong buhay? Because of Jesus who came into your life, who gave you hope and peace. In other words, as God relocates you, He gives you the resource. And so, my dear brothers and sisters, as God made us alive, and in the, as God made us whole, in the process of us being revived, rebuilt, and restored, God will reverse our deprivation to resource. And resource is not just a physical thing. It could be spiritual thing. And thirdly, in the redemptive work of Jesus, of the redemptive work of the Messiah, in chapter 8, we see despair to rejoicing. Now, if we will study uh, verses 18 and 19, we could see here that uh, there is a mention of uh, the fasts. The fast of the 4th, the 5th, 7th, and the 10th. So I was wondering, what are these fasting all about? Now, this fasting commemorates the sad moments in Israel's history, and I'll just show it to you. The fourth month uh, is about the fasting about the walls of Jerusalem uh, being breached. You could find the references here. I won't, we won't go them one by one for the interest of time. The fifth month refers to the city of Jerusalem when it fell. The seventh month when Gedaliah was assassinated. The tenth month will be the siege of Jerusalem. So all of this four, fifth, seven, and tenth month mentioned in the 19th verse of chapter 8 of, of uh, Zechariah, these are references to fasting relating to the destruction of the temple and the city of Jerusalem, meaning these are commemorating the sad moments of Israel's history. But despite all these things, God says these moments or this commemoration of sadness, God will turn them into seasons of joy and gladness and cheerful feasts. Therefore, love, truth, and peace. When God relocates you, brings you to a place where God is redeeming you, He will give you that resource. And from those resources that you are using and that you are employing by the mercy and the power of God, those things will cause you to rejoice. God will turn your despair to rejoicing. And with that, we will be recipients of love, truth, and peace. And these are foreshadowing of the Messiah. Who is the God of love? Who claimed to be the way, the truth, and the life? Who claimed to be the Prince of Peace? And so therefore, how can God turn our despair into rejoicing? Through Jesus. It's not just about ourselves. And why? Because it's about the redemptive work of God in the life of His people. And sabi kanina, I will be their God and they shall be my people. How can that happen? And when there's a relationship, God will give them, they will be recipients of love, truth, and peace.
through Jesus Christ, who said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, who said, I am the Prince of Peace. And so, my dear friends, with those, as God made us alive and made us whole in the process of being revived, rebuilt, restored, God will reverse our, our, our despair to rejoicing. As God relocates you, God will give you the resource so that you can rejoice with what God has given you. Ang problema sa atin, binigyan na tayo ng bayan ng Panginoon, nagmumukbuk tayo, parang, parang walang Diyos sa buhay niyo. Lagi kayong malungkot, lagi kayong depressed. Paano sabihin ng mga kristyano ba talaga kayo? Sabi ng kanta, ang buhay ng kristyano ay that is true. Masayang tunay. Hindi ibig sabihin masayang lagi. Di ba tama naman yung kanta? Ang buhay ng kristyano ay hindi masayang lagi, pero masayang tunay. The life of a Christian is not always happy, but truthfully happy. And number four, the reversal, the redemptive work of Christ from denial to recognition. We read that from the verse 20 and 23. Sabi sa verse 20, Thus says the Lord of all people shall come, even the inhabitants of many cities. Are they from Israel? Yung inhabitants daw from other cities. In fact, there's a mention here in verse 23 that in those days, 10 men will of, of, of every tongue, meaning these are not Israelites, men of every tongue, meaning they're not Hebrews, they're not Jews. They will hold the robe of a Jew Ibig sabihin, they will entreat them and say, I will go to you. Why? Because God is with you. Recognition. The reason God will relocate you, give you the resource, and make you rejoice is that you can be recognized that you are the people of God. And so the promise of God that I will be, they will be my people and I will be their God will truly happen. Di ba pangako yon? Sinabi ni Jeremiah, sinabi ni Ezekiel, sinabi ni Zechariah. How can that happen? That is the reason why these prophets are saying that. So that these people, the reason why God will relocate them, give them abundance, give them the resource, and will cause them to rejoice so that they could be recognized and identified with the God of Israel. I like the translation of NKJV and KJV. They use the word to seek God and to pray in verse 20 and 21. Although, the ESV, um, I suppose, has also a very good translation. We could read that in verse uh, 22. Many peoples and strong nations shall come to seek the Lord of hosts in Jerusalem and to entreat the favor of the Lord. They use the word entreat. In 21, let us go at once to entreat the favor of the Lord and to seek the Lord of hosts. Now, the, the use of the word in the translation, I like that also because entreat means it's an encompassing word that means to beg, to seek, to pray, to plead, to pursue. So when someone is begging, seeking, praying, and pleading, and pursuing to God, that is an act of recognizing God. So how these people recognize God? Because they have seen that these people were relocated, given the resource, and now rejoicing in their God, their Savior. That is part of the redemptive work of God. When we became Christian, we should be recognized, identified as people of God. Yun ang problema natin. 
if the reason for you to be relocated, given the resource, and given the just for you to be recognized and associated with this God, the problem is this. Sometimes we can't be recognized as children of God. Ever since in Exodus 9.16, for this very, very purpose, I have raised you up to show you my power. So that, what is the purpose? So that my name may be proclaimed in all the earth. The reason why God has given us a relocation, a resource, and cause us to rejoice is so that the name of God may be proclaimed. So that the name of God will be glorified and magnified. To be recognized as the people of God. A recognition that, wow, what's happening to you? Anong nangyari sa'yo? Dati kang lasenga, di ba? You're a drunkard before. Now you're not. Before you're part of me, coming alongside with me with my drinking spree and my sinful spree. Now you're not. What happened to you? Who changed you? Who gets the glory? Who gets the credit for all of those things? God to be recognized as people of God. When God relocated to a place and, and gave you the resource and, and gave you the rejoicing, and now they see that your life is full of, of joy. And they say, who is your God? Nasasabi ba ng mga tao na, I will come to you because God is with you. O sabihin nila, ayoko sumama sa'yo, panay ka nalang problema sa buhay eh. Panay ka na reklamo. Panik, ako, hindi ko nga alam. Sister, hirap na hirap ako. Wala na talagang kasiyahan. You know, sometimes that's a difficulty. And sometimes you don't live the life of a Christian. And so, David Otis Fuller said this, If you were arrested for being a Christian, would there be enough evidence to convict you? If you were arrested with this crime of being a Christian, say for example, would there be enough evidence to convict you? Or when they arrested you, um, there's no evidence that this person is a Christian. He still lives a life of a sin. Pare-pareho na, nagiinom pa rin yan, nababae pa rin yan, nalalaki pa rin yan, meron pa rin yan, nagsisunungalin pa rin, nagsusugal pa rin yan. Pare-pareho, he's not a Christian. There's no evidence that he has a change of life. He's acquitted for the crime of being a Christian. And that is the reason why God relocates us from our spiritual spaces. So that we could be recognized as people of God. So that we will be His people and He shall be our God. To be identified, to be unmistakably clear that we are God's possession, that we are God's people. Ang tanong ko, how about your Christian witness? Pag nakita ba nila kayo, sabihin nila, ah, kristyano to. O sabi nilang, ah, kristyano ka pala, hindi ko alam sis. I don't know. Grabe ka kasi mag-inom, lakas mo mag-inom. Recognition. And so, my dear friends, as God made us alive and made us whole in that process of being revived, rebuilt, and restored, God will reverse from the denial of, you know, from the cursing. Diba? Earlier in the verse, in verse 14, it says, they were a byword of cursing. Now, from that denial, God will reverse us as part of the redemptive work of Christ 
God will turn that into recognition. So, my dear friends, the relocation of God is to bring us back to where He is, to redeem us. That's an act of redemption, to create in us a clean heart, to relocate us back to our Jerusalem. Diba kaya ka relocate back to Jerusalem so that you could return to the worship of God? That's the purpose why the temple is being built. So that they could return to the worship of God. And God relocates you to a place so that you could worship God. Symbolic of God's presence, His glory. And that is the purpose of your relocation. And God has given you a resource so that you can be a blessing to others, so that you could do good, so that you could live a life that is truthful, that you could live your life justly, and so that you could live your life with peace. And with those, living a life of peace, truth, and grace, and love, it will bring you so much of rejoicing brought about by the power and the redemptive work of Jesus Christ. And with those things, when, God, when people see that you have been redeemed by your relocation, not just physical, but spiritual, and God gave you the resource and rejoicing, here's what happened. God, the people will recognize that you are his children. And therefore, what uh, Ezekiel, Jeremiah, and Zechariah said, they shall be my people and I will be their God will happen now. And it happens only through our Redeemer, Jesus Christ. He is the cause of these things. And so I will end here, my dear brothers and sisters. We were made alive and made whole by the power of Jesus our Messiah. He relocated us back to him he gave us himself as our resource. He gave us reason to rejoice. And in him we find true recognition. The recognition that our value and worth is in Christ alone. He is our refuge. He is our redeemer. And let me just say this as closing, that we were made alive and we will be made whole. That's the promise of God if you are in Christ you will be definitely made alive and made whole if you are in Christ. What's the reason? So that we could show and testify the beauty, the glory, and the power of Christ in us. And the other, other people will say, I will go with you for God is with you. And that is the reason why God will make us alive and make us whole. To testify and show the beauty, the glory, and the power of Jesus Christ as part of his reversal work in us, as part of his redemptive work in us. And with those, my dear brothers, I hope you will be encouraged that God promised you of a life that is being made whole and alive. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for today. We thank you for this time of being together. Lord, we worship you and glorify you today. And thank you, Lord, that indeed you have made great reversals in our life. You have uh, relocated us from our dispersion, Lord. You have given us resource at a time that we were deprived. Lord, you have given us uh, reasons to rejoice in the moments that we are in despair. 
and you have recognized us as your children from the moments that we were denied by people. And so, Father, I pray today, whatever it is that my brothers and sisters are going through, perhaps they're in the seasons where they feel that they are in their exiles. Lord, they're praying perhaps of a relocation, not just perhaps physical or seasons of migration or for whatever it is. Perhaps they're looking for a season of spiritual relocation from their dwelling places of sin to your place where you can clean them and you can make them whole. Lord, make that happen through the power of your son, Jesus. And Lord, for those people who felt that they are deprived, for the lack of things, Lord, they may be asking so many things from you, things that they need. Lord, we pray that you will give them the resource. And for those people, oh Lord, who are having or in despair, perhaps from the death of a loved one, lingering illness, Lord, from their despair, you will turn those despair into moments and seasons of cheerfulness, of joy. And so, Lord God, with the moments of our denial, you will bring us to recognition that we are indeed your children. May we hold on to that promise, O oh Lord, that we are your people and you are our God. And with that, we are assured. And with that, we have everything. Father, thank you for this day. Bless your people today, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let us all stand to receive God's benediction. May the love of God, the Father, revive our hearts to an everlasting relationship with Him. The peace of His Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, rebuild our lives for His glory. And the comfort and the sustaining power of the Holy Spirit restore our minds and souls so that we may walk in His truth and light. He who calls us to be with Him now and forevermore. This we confess and proclaim in the name of our triune God. We love, adore, and worship the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. And the people of God respond with a joyful Amen, Amen, and Amen. Thank you, my dear brothers and sisters, for joining us today. And for those of you who joined us on Facebook, online, thank you for joining us, and we'll see you again next week. God bless you all.